Dorsal root ganglion is usually intraforaminal at L4 and L5 level. Its intraforaminal presence makes it more susceptible to compression in case of foraminal volume decrease. DRG assumes significance in newer treatment modalities where we target DRG with different energy modalities to manage chronic painful conditions. Foraminal G not G, gore, not is amalgamation of soft tissue around or below exiting nerve in foramen that may involve paradural membrane, foraminal ligaments, segmental veins, hypertrophied tissue on tip of sap, tissue on lower end plate of cephalad vertebra, hypertrophied ligamentum flavum under ventral facet. G0 is a likely combination of symptom generators anterior, lateral and posterior. Foraminal stenosis Degenerative lumbar foraminal stenosis incidence is reportedly 8% to 11%. This is caused by changes in walls of foramen and soft tissue G0. Nerve root impingement is a result of hard or soft tissue encroachment into foramen. Stenosis can cause a change in the cranial caudal or anteroposterior dimension of the foramen. Mechanisms are segmental height loss, bulging of the intervertebral disc, and subluxation of the facets, hypertrophic changes in the facet, and ligamentum flavin. A high incidence of asymptomatic foraminal narrowing on magnetic resonance images is known. Less lumbar low doses, more collapsed disc height, greater cob and wedge angle, increased facet arthrosis on the symptomatic side, grade III modic changes, radicular complaints at rest, indicate foraminal stenosis. High degree of fat obliteration in foramen indicates severe stenosis and patients with greater than or equal to 50% perineural fat obliteration in foramina are likely to need surgical treatment with a positive predictive value of 75%. Significant nerve root compression is associated with a foraminal height of 15 mm or less and a posterior disc height of 4 mm or less. Posterolateral osteophytes from the vertebral end plates protrude into the foramen along with a laterally bulging annulus fibrosus or herniated disc compressing the nerve root in upper foramen zone against the superior pedicle. Loss of intervertebral disc height secondary to degeneration allows the superior articular process of the inferior vertebra to subluxate anteriorly and superiorly, diminishing the foraminal area. It also allows IP to slide down and affect roof of lateral risses in lower zone. It can also develop on the concave side of the degenerative scoliosis. Foraminal stenosis practically is upper zone stenosis and involves the exiting nerve. What is foraminoplasty? Foramen is opening in lateral wall of spinal canal of upper and middle zones but not lower zone. Floor of foramen in upper zone is body of upper vertebra, middle zone is disc and lower zone is infradiscal part of lower vertebra. In a degenerated spine working on bony or soft tissue walls of foramen itself, to improve the size and volume of the foraminal roof and then thereby increase our maneuverability to access various targets in canal roof is foraminoplasty. This can be facilitated by using natural 
or artificial extraframinal fulcrum from our Teku technology. Teku is a fulcrum outside the foramen away from it laterally that helps in changing trajectory of effective working end of the tools when in foramen. It also helps in raising working end of the instruments when working in foramen. In routine endoscopy, we anchor in annulus and so have to dilate, dissect annulus but with extraframinal teku, we can stay back and work from a distance without the annular anchor. The teku provides the anchor. Separation of anchor and the effective end point of working end of instrument improves efficacy of the effort arm. The effort arm is longer than load arm so its mechanical advantages. What is channel plasty? It is working beyond foramen medially, ahead of it when approaching from lateral side on soft and hard canal walls. It always follows foraminoplasty. This term is more applicable to lower and middle zone. In upper zone the roof is easily accessible as it is subpars area in larger upper foramen. In lower we access lateral risses roof. In middle we work on ventral surface, edge and inner wall of facet in central canal stenosis. What is the difference? Channel plasty as a concept is much more evolved as it includes identifying targets in stenosis in all zones and all three walls. We can directly without destabilization decompress the root, unlike indirect and tentative posterior midline surgery. Anatomically in channel plasty, we cross the inner margins of the foramen. We cross the end plate margins of the disc both up and down in sagittal plane and work on roof and additionally floor of the canal. Open surgery is indirect decompression of symptomatic neural tissue and vascular system as symptomatic area is obviously away from dorsal posterior midline entry, bony rings and interlaminar entry. Traditional posterior midline decompression is mainly removal of partial posterior wall bony or soft tissue, many times ignoring anterior to dura and lateral foraminal area and causes there. When addressing lateral risks, it is facetectomy, just removal of posterior wall regardless of if it is indeed needed or not, that may be destabilizing to the facet. There is no way preoperative assessment is done to find out need and necessity of the said intervention. Transforaminal access can address anterior to dura, lateral foraminal area and posterior wall easily in one go. In lateral risks we can tackle roof, pedicle inner wall and floor, disc, easily and get 360 degree decompression if so needed. We are able to visualize hidden zone root canal in all its parts under local anesthesia due to transforaminal axis by endoscopy. However, it needs entry from to foramina to cover one full root canal e.g. For L5 root canal we need lower foraminal axis at L4-5 for entry area and upper foraminal axis at L5-S1 for exit part of the root canal around pedicle. In middle zone central canal, we need to work on interradicular part of medial facet phase for central canal stenosis affecting the thecal sac. By paraspinal single skin entry 
at around 12 CMAs from midline to foramina of L45 and L5-S1 if needed can be accessed one after other in same seating as just change in inclination at entry can allow us to go for both from one entry point. This is without disturbing innate root canal anatomy. In open surgery all these areas are not directly accessible unless a large part of lamina and facet and interlaminar flavum tissue that may not have even remote relation to symptom generation is removed. As mentioned previously interlaminar window is not opposite to middle zone so bone removal from both bony rings above and below is mandatory to reach symptom generators whereas in transforaminal surgery we land in middle zone the AP center of stenotic changes. Removal of midline ligamentum flavum in open surgery may be removing natural barrier between the muscle and dural plane and promote adhesions post-operatively. Rarely when removed it causes displacement of dural sac posteriorly causing severe symptoms. Plus 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 it is not necessary to remove posterior midline tissue and work in retrodural space. The L5 nerve root may also be compressed in extended L5 root canal extraframinal by the L5 transverse process, sacral ala, or lumbosacral ligament in lumbosacral tunnel. The extraframinal zone is only reachable by endoscopy under local anesthesia, not as easily by traditional midline posterior axis. Question is what part of the roof we must reach in cases of stenosis so that we can effectively relieve the symptoms? This question assumes we are doing same surgery with same targets in mind as open posterior midline surgery, but that is untrue. We have identified targets, so we propose a lateral decompression reaching all these symptom generators in one foraminal axis and transforaminal surgery then becomes matter of choice. It is done with high safety and auto-neuromonitoring under local anesthesia and stitchless and in an awake and aware patient who may as well have medical comorbidities. We are very well versed with transforaminal access to disc and surgery anterior and lateral to the dural sac. It is a usual access for treating disc herniations and when we deal with migrations we go over the end plate margins to canal in upper and lower zones easily. This landing essentially is on floor of the canal in a prone patient. We have dealt with all anterior causes of stenosis that are related to disc outline and disc margins during our transforaminal axis through Combine's triangle. We deal with foraminal, lateral wall causes too routinely. These two areas anterior and lateral are unreachable to open posterior midline axis. The posterior midline axis has the hidden zone of MACNAP to deal with that begets stabilization in almost every surgery. The challenge for transforaminal endoscopy with posterior symptom generators in central canal, sublaminar and subarticular, and lateral canal, foraminal and lateral risses in stenosis is mainly to reach the roof. There are finer differences. We have been reaching the roof in these challenging areas with our technique and innovations. In foraminal stenosis and central stenosis, 
we have been doing foraminoplasty by reaching foramen roof namely under surface of pars, tip of SAP, ventral surface of facet. So, what conceptually remains as a challenge beyond foraminoplasty is reaching inner surface of facet joint and roof in lower zone. Foraminal axis is safe. We are away from segmental artery, veins, and tributaries of ascending lumbar vein. We land through intertransverse plane that makes it safe WRT lumbar plexus. Even if we use the teku, extra foraminal anchor we are still above plane of transverse processes, so it is safe. It is important to appreciate this point of being above the intertransverse ligament. It also is a physiological plane. Foramen forms lateral wall for upper and middle zone and foraminoplasty may be major part of solution in these two zones. Foraminoplasty or widening of lower foramen can be expanded to channel plasty in middle and lower zone. For intervertebral fusion through foramen, where we may remove more of non-articular part of SAP or total facet in posterior axis. In one reported study, 3D CT MR fusion images were rotated in 1 degree increments from the posterior PA view on the approach side along the plane of the intervertebral disc to the oblique angle at which Combine's triangular working zone appeared the largest. Around 25-30 degree rotation was needed. This is intraoperative insertion angle for needle and working cannula. When distance between exiting nerve at the intervertebral disc level to the upper margin of the superior articular process is less than or equal to 7 mm axial cut, we need to consider facet undercutting that is an outside an approach to foramen doing foraminoplasty. We have realized that since we need to anchor in annulus most times or need to be safe, so we are rooted to floor landing. The target in stenosis being roof, bony or soft tissue, we have now developed our patented Teku technology where we use the natural or artificial fulcrum and anchor outside and away from the foramen. This helps us in properly addressing the roof without expensive equipment like bendable drills or laser. Simple handheld battery-operated bar is enough. Our lateral entry through foramen is then uniquely positioned to give us an access to anterior, lateral or posterior walls, in addition to all zones upper, middle and lower in one entry with free maneuverability built in the Teku concept. Our surgery is lateral plane decompression under local anesthesia unlike open midline posterior indirect decompression under general anesthesia. Standard technique and variations The patient is placed in the prone position on a radiolucent table. Pre-OP prophylactic antibiotic is given and blood 15 ml is collected in a sterile AP centrifuge tube for making platelet-rich fibrin plug dervan plug for closing annular or foraminal entry. The operation is performed in a wake-aware patient under conscious sedation with local anesthesia 1-2% lignocaine is infiltrated as per need around target area. To avoid injuries to exiting and traversing nerve routes during the approach, the operation proceeds with continuous feedback from awake conscious patient. 
If we follow the line marking for entry then chance of nerve injury in a normal nerve anatomy is almost zero. Fluoroscopic guidance is used to identify the intervertebral foramen. The skin entry point is marked by line drawing as detailed in our inside-out technique protocol. Described pictorially later, an 18-gauge 20 cm long spinal needle is precisely inserted at the desired skin entry point. Entry is generally 12.5 cm from midline for L45 or L5-S1 levels at about 25-degree angle to horizon. This angle will change if we are using a Teku fulcrum technology with natural or artificial fulcrum that helps to access roof. After passing through the fascia and muscles, the needle lands at Combine's triangle on intervertebral disc in middle zone in lateral canal or superior articular process lateral wall. If we use outside iron philosophy, we land on outer face of ventral facet. After checking AP and LAT images needle is directed to inside disc or towards upper or lower end plate as per identified target. As mentioned before targets in upper and lower zones are locationally fixed. They are fixed spots along entry of root canal in lower zone and exit in upper zone. Target may be under surface of the facet edge or its inner wall in case of central canal. One upper zone we land close to upper end plate and use the tip of sap as a guide further. Two middle zone we must land and clarify edge of facet. With a pre-OP estimate about its inclination, we would be able to plan adequate under cutting of ventral facet. Once on edge we may use hook, curate or handheld bar to work on facet edge and surface to access the ligament further. It is easier to track ligamentum medial to sap or face it by starting above tip of SAP. Starting from tip of sap and then working caudal along medial face it face works safer. 3. When working on lateral or ventral face of the face it we start from lower pedicle up as it is safer. But when working on ligamentum flavum looking at vascular anatomy of its deeper layer or presence of the paridural membrane, it is advisable to start from SAP tip. 4. In lower zone we land in lower notch. Oozing is very common. Use of irrigation pressure and good plasma cautery is essential to clear the soft tissue from the bony notch. We need to primarily create a plane under, ventral. Traversing root fixation area. Awake patient feedback adds to safety. 5. The question of anchor is very important, so using Teku may simplify working on foramen staying on extraframinal anchor. We can use the fulcrum to reach dorsal to root there. A guide wire is inserted through the needle, and the needle is removed. Over the guide wire, a dilator is inserted up to Combine's triangle and the wire is removed. Dilator can be used to change the angle, trajectory and direction as per target zone at this stage before we commit to a final direction to anchor in annulus. Since the dilator has to holds a different landing point, an area is possible by using eccentric second hole of the dilator to shift its tip and trajectory. 
A working cannula is inserted over dilator. A transparent cannula may be used to visualize the anatomy if we use the Teku system. Dilator is removed and endoscope, Gore system Carl stores, 25 degree angle of view and 3.6 to 5 millimeters working channel is inserted through the working cannula. After insertion of the endoscope in the working cannula, the epidural fat and soft tissue is identified on proper orientation and ablated with a bipolar radiofrequency probe or ARF plasma probe cannon. BUNSS. As per need we do decompression of the disc in the middle level. We go to upper or lower level canal by moving the working channel towards respective area according to location of preoperatively identified target. This may need annular cutting or removal of osteophytes at end plate. In the upper zone beveled working cannula is used for positioning in the axilla or around exiting root. In the lower zone suprapedicular and close to lower end plate of disc landing is preferred. Beveled working cannula is used for positioning in the suprapedicular notch of the lower vertebrae. Notch widening is needed as it is smaller than cannula diameter. We burn ventral superior articular process, upper part of the pedicle, and some parts of the vertebral body using the endoscopic battery-operated handheld 525 RPM drill Manman registered trademark symbol. Target soft tissue on roof may be removed by using curved forceps and curved probes or curettes. We may also use new fulcrum tech with natural or artificial extraframinal fulcrum to anchor our instruments outside foramen safely above level of intertransverse ligament and maneuver their tip towards roof easily and safely. Use of gore hook is done on target to feel, mobilize, create surgical plane, detether and mobilize nerve. The cannula and endoscope are rotated to visualize the target well. A 0 to 90 degree scope, endocomelian Carl stores endoscopy, can also be used to visualize the walls from straight ahead to sides. The scope is removed after adequate decompression of the lesion, confirmation of free root, and successful hemostasis is done and PRF plug put at surgical opening of annulus or the disc wall. In lower zone since we land in a total bony area we need to be careful in positioning our working sheath and endoscopic instruments handling needs patients and extreme focus. Test of adequacy of decompression is by visual inspection of the mobility of the free floating dural sac, pulsating exiting route, traversing route with filled up veins and free epidural space. Decompression of the lesion is confirmed by postoperative MRI as per need. The entire surgery is performed using constant saline irrigation. Water column movements to move neural tissue in field may be used to confirm mobility of neural and epidural tissue and adequacy of surgery. Assistance by patient by raising shoulders or cuffing during surgery will help identify tissues and structures. The end point may also be bare walls devoid of soft tissue in parts of the lumbar stenose canal and a free root with its vessels full or pulsatile sac. Trajectory and landing area Depending on target area in the canal roof or floor beyond foramen, 
our foraminal axis will change in its trajectory and landing areas. Basic foraminal entry is paraspinal, intramuscular, retroperitoneal, subfacet, and essentially landing in middle zone and lateral canal and junction of anterior and lateral or lateral and posterior wall. Exiting nerve has left and traversing nerve is sloping down inside dural sac is guarded by SAP from our lateral entry. It travels from dorsal roof to ventral floor entry of root canal in lower zone. Landing towards lower part of foramen is safe and awake-aware patient ensures safety of our landing. If our main target is posterior wall only, using Teku technology is very helpful. In middle zone coronal plane, we divide the canal floor as central, paracentral, foraminal and extraforaminal remembering that centrally disc is concave at foramen convex. THE roof from midline to lateral as central or medial along inner wall of facet, subarticular roof is overlapping and matching paracentral floor and then foraminal is under facet and outwards along lateral wall of facet. Symptoms arise due to compression of nerve roots in or out of dural sac. It causes change in their arterial supply and venous drainage affecting blood nerve barrier. We need to precisely localize these changes. With X-rays, USG and superfine imaging of CT, MRI and GADO-enhanced MRI, DTI etc., it is possible to zero in on these changes in all zones three walls and three planes with extreme precision. We target them surgically through a single-entry portal of foramen. Subdividing the canal in three zones brings the 3D perspective to our visualization necessary for percutaneous endoscopy through foramen. Images of landing spots and further journey on bone models. M. Trajectory is now standardized and validated for disc surgery and can be easily adapted to middle zone and on closing boundaries of the disc end plates we can address upper and lower zones canal and we address the roof with additional use of Teku technology. Pick shows standard view of entry in disc and the tissue in roof of the foramen under facet. Pick shows stitchless axis on skin above and the position of instruments during surgery below one and bony margins at disc in below two. Once at foraminal area, we can easily then access roof. Here is lateral perspective for access to symptomatic segments, commonly L3-4 or L4-5 or L5-S1 for target in central canal stenosis will be in middle zone, dural sac being affected by facet pincer or exiting root in upper foramen and traversing root at entry to root canal. Corridor with full sap base, and channel plasty. Significance for roof axis and teku system. SAP forms posterior wall of foramen in middle zone and lateral canal. Combine's original description stated that the triangular working zone is bordered anteriorly by the exiting root, inferiorly by the proximal end plate of inferior body, posteriorly by the superior articular process of the same inferior vertebra and medially on inner face of facet by the traversing nerve root and dural sac. 
SAP may limit further easy extension of access to canal due to angle of approach to the foramen and lack of any fulcrum to elevate the working end of the instruments. We can stage SAP removal as per indication for entering canal. We start in rectangular lower foramen and make it cylinder by burring its walls to size of dilator cannula 8 mm and finally widen it as per need. The trajectory can be changed from closer to end plate below and at tip or base of SAP. For insertion of implants, we progressively remove more of sap ventral aspect. In open TLIF surgery, we remove extra articular ventral portion or total facet, pars interarticularis and lamina as described by Harms and Jesenski in open axis. This facet removal is useful in OLIF or TLIF as part of hybrid surgery. There is increased risk to both roots, dural sac, and higher chance of neuropraxia. In very narrow foramina, or where the exiting root is within 7 mm of tip of sap, higher chance of postoperative dysesthesia is noted as mentioned before. This may be mild and self-limiting or may need multiple periradicular steroid installation or use of oral membrane stabilizers as pregabalin.